1: This is the Rich Eisen Show. is going to try it. Here he comes, Sorry. and he's safe at the
0: plate. Wow. Oh, I don't know. And the call is upheld.
2: And the home plate umpires and the umpires are not required to tell the audience what happened. They couldn't tell? It's inconclusive? The Rich
1: Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, Stanford head coach David Shaw. Coming up, NFL network analyst Charles Davis. Three-time Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth. And now, it's Rich Eisen.
2: All righty, then. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Mark Schlereth will be joining us in hour number three. He put the Super Bowl ring that the uh, Denver Broncos achieved by going through the Jets on his middle finger while addressing the Jets fans uh, <laughs> who were upset with his take that why would the... Uh, Jets be uh, expected to have any prospect in their care blossom uh, at the quarterback spot based on what's happened in their draft history and Sam Darnold, despite the fact that they've got a new coaching regime, who he said uh, in this video um, that he, he loves uh, Robert Sala. So he kind of undercut his own point while flipping the bird at Jets fans. And uh, yesterday when I saw that, I, I direct messaged him saying, I, I, think, I think we need to talk. Um, and that'll be on hour number three of the show. So I would, I would suggest you not to miss that. I would say that's appointment viewing and listening. I think you're right. Thank you, Chris Brockman. Thank you, Mike Del Tufo. You're welcome. Yeah, no, no, I don't know. You didn't even say anything. Uh, <laughs> good to see you, TJ Jefferson over there. Good to, to, to see in. you. It's good to I, be here. I love I, mean, I love all of you. I'm a man filled with love for my wife, my Ooh. children, life. We're all, it's all great. And it's always great when this man calls into the show and I get to work with him. I missed him at the combine. I missed him. He is the voice of my 40-yard dash. So I missed that too. He is Charles Davis of CBS Sports and my compadre from the NFL Network. How are you, C.D.?
3: I'm doing better now that I'm hearing your voice, Rich, because there was a void. There was was. a hole there, the 40-yard dash. Yeah. And believe me, you know, we can joke all we want. We can be somewhat tongue-in-cheek. We know the incredible work you've done. Thank you. With St. Jude's. And why that why you're forty significant and people all over the world are running forties in different ways it's one of the greatest phenomenons I've ever seen.
2: Well, Charles, there's something there's something special we got cooked up for this year, Charles. That I can't wait. I can't wait. Because that is, I
3: miss I miss calling it. I miss being there, being a part of it, doing that, seeing how the whole thing has evolved, and mm-hmm. I've told you this privately, Rich, that what you have done with your heart is the biggest part of all of this. Because, yeah, that was a fun little thing, but look what you've turned it into and who's being helped along the way and to be able to talk about that. I've missed that. And the last thing I'll say... Yes, sir. I have heard from plenty of people who have said... You know, I missed the combine, but God, I really miss Run, Rich, Run. I said, <laughs> like, "Don't worry, it's coming." It is. It's coming. It you're is, just, and it's going to be in a different, different place. It's going to be
2: part of. It's going to be part of our third day of the draft coverage, um, and something special on that front is going down this very weekend here in Los Angeles. I don't want to say anything because it hasn't, you know, if if you will happen, it's not in the can, as they say, yet in the uh, yeah. in the uh, the the Los Angeles world where we're going to be doing it. So. That's common I can't wait to show you and tell everyone once once that's actually because <laughs> it's really special. we're very excited about it and that wasn't the royal we. it's the bunch of people that are running this year. so we'll just uh, put a pin in that and just turn to the actual draft right now, Charles. we just uh, hung up with uh David Shaw who you know was he, he's I love I just love the way that he uh, evaluates. I just love the way that he's so even keel and he was exactly that talking about the quarterbacks and then when i mentioned yep. kyle pitts gents am i wrong when i mentioned kyle pitts it went it totally like it went up it went off the charts <laughs> and so where what do you think of kyle pitts we had on yesterday got a chance to meet and boy did he sound like he's got everything going in the right direction everything is in fact pointed up with him charles
3: yeah there's no question about that and my first thought was everything, you know, everything you said about David Shaw spot on. I worked at Stanford Rich when David was a student athlete there. Huh. So that tells you where I am in in my <laughs> point in life right now. And to see him doing all the great things he's doing. And he was a receiver. So you know how it is your former you know, what your former life was. Sometimes you'll elevate a little bit more for those people. And Kyle Pitts is that guy. It may say tight end next to his name, but he's really a receiver. So I think that that helps as well. And when I talk with people I'm very close to at Florida, they can't say enough things. And one thing that keeps sticking out is this. Everything you see on tape with him, we saw every day. It wasn't just, you know, he he, he elevated and created and did. They said every day, and he practiced that way. And one of the great comments I got from someone there is, we would pull him back. To save him from himself because every snap for him was a competition and he wasn't about to get beat. So I, I thought that spoke volumes about Kyle Pitt.
2: So what do you think the Falcons should do? Because we had Thomas Dimitrov on last week. He's the guy that gave Matt Ryan the contract that he said yep. was, was intended to keep him there for the rest of his career. And he said even that that you have to address the quarterback position when you're drafting this high. That said, we just hung up from david shaw who said you can't pass up he's he's like i'm speaking as a coach here because normally when you get a developmental quarterback prospect usually somebody other than you is going to be the one winding up coaching that quarterback that's drafted that he you, you can't pass up pits with ryan and jones and ridley and you go to work that way what do you say about that fourth overall spot charles
3: I'm glad I'm not having to pick. And if I were sold on the quarterback, I'd take the quarterback because we're starting the next era for Atlanta. As much as I don't want to turn down Kyle Pitts, we're starting that next era. And whoever this young quarterback is, Rich, you know Matt Ryan. And sometimes when we talk, there is some hyperbole that goes into things. But is there any way possible that a young quarterback can't have a good experience sitting behind Matt Ryan for a year? Because I don't care who you are. Matt Ryan could walk in every day and tell himself, I'm not treating this kid great. I'm going to be a jerk. I'm doing everything. He can't do it. That's not who he is. He can't do it. So it's a great spot for that because I think you're fast-forwarding. But if you convince yourself that Matt Ryan and you want to go forward and and, and you take Pitts, I get it. But here's here's my caveat, Rich. Here's my devil's advocate. They already score points. This is not an Atlanta team that doesn't score points. This is not Atlanta team that doesn't put up big numbers on that. The defensive side of the ball is getting them killed. So fourth pick, people coming for pits, do you parlay that into some more things and go? I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth, but I will say this. If you are wavering on the quarterback, then I would, I would suggest you go to plan B, which is either pits or the defensive side of the ball and get those extra picks. That's where I'm looking. But if you have the conviction, go get your quarterback. And by de- because I think you're starting right now.
2: And by defensive side of the ball, get your picks. You mean trading out for somebody who wants trading to move out. up to four to, to get- Somebody's
3: right. going to want pits. Heck, Cincinnati, well, they rarely do things like that, but one spot, you know? Right. But I'm just saying somebody's going to want to come up and get that young man because, you know, David Shaw is bouncing off the walls. Everyone is. He's that generational type of a guy. I'll pause it to you this way mm-hmm. Evan Ingram. That's what the Giants were expecting or are still kind of expecting, what we're seeing Kyle Pitts do right now. That type of speed, dynamic ability, got to catch the football, obviously, and I'm hoping Evan Ingram could have that type of a bounce back because he's a heck of a talent, too. Pitts is the next iteration of what we're talking about.
2: Charles Davis here on the Rich Eisen Show. Who do you think the 49ers gave up all that draft capital to go get at three?
3: Everybody keeps telling me Mac Jones – I think that they are going to play this thing out rich. You got two more pro de- Lance got another one scheduled. Right. I don't think that's by accident as well. I think this is the 40 Nineers being able to do their due diligence and what I love, they're going to put them through 49ers type drills. See what they're getting, have a full comparison. If it's me, all things being equal, and it's a weird year rich because we're not nearly as close to these young men as we kind of are during most years. Right. So the Niners know more than we do, and I don't mind saying that, and they typically do it, but this year it's even more so. I, I think Fielder Lance runs that offense the same way or or even better than what we're talking about with Mac Jones, but there's something in there that if the 49ers are saying it's Mac Jones, the way that Shanahan wants it to be run and how he thinks it's processed and just look back through through, through the past. So I go back to Matt Ryan again. Remember the year before Matt Ryan's MVP year, In Kyle Shanahan, I don't know that they had a true meeting of the minds yet. It was a little rocky. But Matt worked at it, worked at it, worked at it, improved his athleticism, got his flexibility, turned him into an NFL MVP. Mac Jones can do the same thing.
2: Let's just say, Charles Davis, that it is um, Mac Jones' chosen three, and the Falcons decide, you know what, we can't pass up on Pitts. And the Bengals are like, we are totally going to hook Burrow up with his – old receiver, Jamar Chase, and then the Dolphins are like, you know what, we're absolutely going to get to an old weapon from Alabama, choose one, uh, for him. And then you've got the Lions sitting there at seven with a chance to get Lance or Fields. Do you think they should do that, even though they went ahead and got Goff? You would, huh?
3: I would, and and here's the reason why. Yeah, you put it into Goff, but you don't know you did you didn't make that deal because you were you were set saying that he's my guy going forward. You make the deal because you think you can prove your team overall and it was just time for Matthew Stafford and you kind of, you know, did him a solid. I get all of that. But if you've got this guy sitting there that you again, we have to this is the thing we always have to keep in mind. Is this who you have conviction on as a franchise as a as a scouting group? And Brad Holmes comes from LA. And saw the golf thing happen. That doesn't mean that he's flat out sold that he's his guy going forward. I would definitely take a hard look there, or I'd make sure my phone line was open because they could very easily trap, you know, move back as well and improve their football team. Because now you got Denver in there. Yep. You know, you got Washington in there. You got you know. Is New Orleans really going to make that bold move? Remember that year, what year was it, Rich, when they came all the way up and went to twelve? We all thought it was a quarterback, and they took uh, Davenport the to pass rusher.
2: Yeah, we thought it was Lamar Jackson that was going to go to New England. <laughs> we were looking at each other so, like, okay, is this is this the moment the quarterback. where you know? Yeah, no, it was, we thought New Orleans was going to go uh, was going to go right then and there to to get Lamar, and we're like, is this the moment? You know, and uh, I remember that so. You know, that's a fascinating thing because if, if Lance and Fields are somehow on the board sitting there at 7, and we've got Dan Campbell on tomorrow's show, the new coach of the Lions, Carolina, we all know, just got Sam Darnold. Yep. You know, I mean, would that be like Denver's dream scenario to have only to trade up a couple of spots? That's one thing I'm going to ask Schlereth, too, because uh, the number of times that you hear that that Elway's looking to upgrade from Drew Locke, uh, even though Elway keeps saying <laughs> that he loves Drew Locke, I've lost track. You know what I'm saying? So...
3: Yeah, you, you know. heard Dalton Reisner talk about it. His offensive lineman, and he's really pumping up Locke. He, he, I think Reisner went what one pick before Locke in the draft, and he's really been talking up and talking about how much he's been spent time with Peyton Manning, trying to you know get it out there that this kid's coming and he's rising and what have you. I don't think that would deter Denver if if, if one of those quarterbacks was sitting there. See, I look at Trey Lance and I see Josh Allen. All the same questions about Josh Allen are coming up about Trey Lance. You see that body type, that big arm. Everybody talks about accuracy. We all thought you can't improve accuracy as much as Josh Allen has done in the NFL. Is he either going to be the total unicorn, or if we've been missing the boat, the kids can get better and more accurate if if given the right time, coaching, and and ability. We'll see. So let's
2: say, Charles Davis, a couple more minutes left with you. I love this sort of stuff. I love this talk, and I know you do too. Um that Lance is sitting out there or Fields is sitting out there, bottom of the top 10. And there's New England sitting there at 15. And that's close. That's close enough hailing distance. I could see Belichick yep. saying, you know, they, he loves these guys or he's intrigued by these guys, right? But not yep. enough to get up to four, right? Not enough to go up to right. four. Not enough to go up and to seven for Detroit or eight for Carolina. But, you know, 10's more, you you're, you know, you're trying that on for size, do you think New England, like, that free agency Bill could show up on draft mm-hmm. night and be draft night Bill and just go c- completely against brand and type and just go for it like this?
3: I don't, I don't think there's any question about it. And here's why. Two things come to mind. Bill Belichick's going to be how old now? 69. 68, 69? Yep. So, look, he's a smart man, right? How many more years do you want to be in on the grind and get ready and go for it, right? Not many George is running around. And remember, Papa Bear stepped away three times and kept coming back. So it was different. He kind of rejuvenated. The second part is have we not heard the owner of the New England Patriots multiple times talk about their bad drafts in recent years and we need to do something different? Mm. I don't think that, the, I don't think, the, I don't take that rich and just throw it aside. There's a different feel, a different vibe coming out of there. And here's the thing I want to throw at you. Mm-hmm. what if Mac Jones doesn't get taken at three oh, and they boy. take Fields or Lance? Right. And Mac Jones is sitting there in that spot with Fields or Lance and New England has a chance to take a guy. See, a lot of people see that as a lock for Mac Jones, and I don't because New England signed Cam and then re-signed Cam. Mm-hmm. They're willing to play it differently now. It's not, it's not, hey, let's get our Tom Brady look-alike clone. That's not a lock. So that would be very interesting to me. If one of those athletic quarterbacks is sitting there with Mac Jones, I wouldn't make it a lock if New England wanted to make a move.
2: Last one for you, Charles Davis. How do you think Sam Darnold works with Carolina, and how do you think that is going to work? He, would they picked up his fifth-year option or going to pick up his yeah. fifth-year option, which I'm wondering if they would not do if they do decide to go get a quarterback at uh, eighth overall, which would kind of surprise me now. Because Darnold's twenty-three yeah. for crying out loud. So go to work with yeah. with him. I'd imagine. What do you think of that maneuver?
3: Yeah. yeah, he's twenty-three. And remember, Scott Fitterer, who's taken over as the GM. He's the one who's carrying the big grade to help make that move, right? He's the one because Matt Rule wasn't in the league at that time. He was at Baylor. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, you you go through all that. Here's what I think. I think he plays better. I don't think there's any question in my mind. Offensive line, they still got some work to do there. Greg Little's not a lock for me at left tackle, so let's see what they do with that. But look at the weapons outside. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, you get McCaffrey back. I think he's got a much better supporting cast around him that allows him to get comfortable and look more like the Sam Darnold that was drafted as opposed to the guy that, you know, jokes were made about that weren't always accurate. There is He showed flashes. I think he's got a much better chance at doing this now. But I do think that Carolina's going to have to not just draft defense this year. You better draft some people around him. And to me, a left tackle's a priority because I'm not just penciling in Greg Little and saying that's my guy.
2: What TV show are you watching these days, Charles? What are you watching?
3: Well, you know, me, me Yellowstone. I'm waiting for Yellowstone to come back Okay,
2: Costa. Very good. That's your You love that show, right? Um, I love that show.
3: Uh, you know, you know I'm a billions guy. I always have been a billions guy. And when right. you worked that night, that was one of my favorite <laughs> nights ever. Yeah. So, I, I try to yeah. work. I mean, especially when especially when you told me ahead of time, worked blue a little bit. Worked I a little did.
2: Blue. I did. I worked blue you know. and they chose not to put it in there. I thought I gave him a nice little gift, a nice little Easter egg to work blue. Um, they didn't do it. I didn't make the final my, my, I guess they were, had my back for me. I don't know.
3: And i and you know, I'm crazy about them. The only thing I've got, and I'd love to, I want to meet Mr. Koppelman and the rest of the crew yes. was how did they mess up the Al Davis quote?
2: Which one was that?
3: God, the guy who was dating Taylor, uh-huh. the billionaire guy who was yes. dating Taylor. Right. He, he said, it's just like the Oakland Raiders and Al Davis win baby win. I said, like, what, what, what? <laughs> I came off my couch, win just, baby, win.
2: Just win, baby. Yeah, normally that. Like, win
3: baby, win. I miss they that never mess those things up. They nail those quotes. They absolutely nail them. I don't know how that one slid through. I was a little that that one knocked me off my couch.
2: I know you're a big Harlan Coben guy. I had a great chat with him on my podcast just getting started. Charles, <sighs> is, is he not the best? He's a good dude, man. He is. He is.
3: He is absolutely the best and one of the greatest moments I've had as a broadcaster. He stayed in the booth with me for a Jets game. No kidding. Jets Rams. When Fisher was with the Rams, Uh um, Bryce Petty started a quarterback for the Jets. Oh, my gosh. An abysmal game. Middle, I turned around early second quarter on a break. Yeah. You doing okay? And he said, hey, dude, just want to let you know, this is great. My God, this game's awful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, couldn't argue with him.
2: Hey, great game, as you know, he's got a way with words. Charles, the man has well, a way does, with words.
3: Does, does he ever? Oh, Second, what would he say in his fraternity? Second most sold uh, author in his own fraternity that, by Dan Brown.
2: That's right. Dan Brown was in his fraternity too. Um, and hey, uh, great season with Iron Eagle. You're such a terrific listen. The two of you are perfect. Thank you. with each other. He's
3: phenomenal, isn't he? He is. He's absolutely phenomenal. Thank you, Rich. I can't wait to see you in Cleveland. Well,
2: I look forward to it. You take care, Charles.
3: You do the best to the family.
2: Yep, you bet. Same to you. Charles Davis, CBS Sports, and see him in Cleveland. There's a couple, Mel Kuyper had his mock draft, his latest mock draft, with two trades in it. I yep. want to talk about that when we come back. And then I am going to help Major League Baseball. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking about it <laughs> until they hear know. me out. I'm going to help my first true love sport, baseball. I'm going to do it. We've had the commissioner here many times. Rob Manfred has been kind enough to appear on this show in person many times. He just sat in the chair to my right, right here. I'm going to do him as they say is solid. Because they have a major problem on their hands. Major. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll hit all that when we come back on The Rich Eisen Show.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
2: 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn serial rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of Breakfast Forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix.
1: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
2: Back here on Peacock. Uh, So, if you missed Julian Edelman's farewell retirement video, it was slickly produced. It was like six minutes long. We cut down. Here's a a good two-minute rip of Julian looking like the most interesting man in the world in Gillette.
4: Nothing in my career has ever come easy. And no surprise, this isn't going to be easy either. Now, I've always said, I'm going to go until the wheels come off. And uh, they finally have fallen off. Due to an injury last year, I'll be making my official announcement of my retirement from football. It was a hard decision, but the right decision for me and my family. And I'm honored. And so proud to be retiring a Patriot. There are a million people I have to thank. Mr. Kraft, the Kraft family, learned so much from you guys on and off the field, Coach Belichick, giving me the opportunity. I always love you for that. My teammates have gone to war, we've lost some, we've won some. You guys will always be my brothers. To all my coaches that I played under, I appreciate all your insight, all your hard work, all your knowledge. To the entire Patriots organization, from the meal ladies, to the people that clean up after us, to the people in the hallways, the training staff, the strength staff. We share so many awesome memories that I'll never forget. And of course, my family. You guys have always had my back. It's been the best 12 years of my life. It's a hell overrun. And I can't forget you, Patriot Nation. You guys have welcomed me and my family to a region we do not know, we didn't know. But now, I'm one of you. I'm gonna leave you guys with two words Foxborough, forever.
1: Oh boy! And he like beams himself up after.
2: There you go. There you go. Hey, man, it's LFG. Awesome. It's awesome. LFG. That was a great moment. You and I were sitting there at the uh, at the honors, NFL honors. Yeah. He accepts this at Super Bowl Minnesota. the MVP trophy for uh, for, for Brady, and he says LFG. <laughs> and I'm. I i do not know if that's going to make the live version of the broadcast. <laughs> it Did not. LFG.
1: That was great. Congratulations, Julian.
2: You're one of the best, man. Back here on The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Um, Charles Davis Charles Davis just mentioned Yellowstone on Peacock. One of our favorites, Modern Family, could be seen on Peacock. It was Ed O'Neill's 75th birthday yesterday. Whoa. Happy 75 to the patriarch of Modern Family. And, of course, so many more great TV and film hits. Our favorite. Our favorite Eric Stone Street, as well up there. Ty Burrell's been on this show. We've had many a great interviews with those three gentlemen. I love this show every season, every episode. Streaming right now on Peacock, Modern Family. So, I'm going to take my talents to Major League Baseball's front office right now. I'm going to do that. Do They're it. not asking. They're not asking. But I'm going to do it. Do it. Chris Brockman. What if you're watching an NFL game? Okay? What okay. if you're watching a National Football League game? Okay. Okay? And there's instant replay. Or right. play happens, right? Hmm. Let's just let's start this way. Happens this every is every Sunday. This is baseball's problem. Everybody says it's a baseball's problem is instant replay right now. It's a presentation of instant replay that is a problem right now for Major League Baseball. That affects when they get something wrong through replay or something is overturned by replay that we don't see at home. We think replay is the problem. You're seeing all the athletes in the Major League Baseball universe tweeting about how replay is a problem. It's not replay that's a problem. It's Major League Baseball's presentation of replay. Let's say you're watching an NFL game, Chris. Let's just say a play happens. Then all of a sudden, the official stops play. Stops play. The ref stops play. Says nothing to the crowd. <laughs> Seriously. Says nothing. Tony Correnti stops play. Okay. Says nothing. Runs over to one sideline to have a, 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 a conversation with, with the coach. Yep. And then runs off the field to where they're looking at instant replay. We are left at home to glean something is going to be reviewed. Right. Don't know what. We're assuming because we saw the play was something close to out of bounds. It's got to be that, right? Right. We don't know, though, because they haven't said a word to anybody in the stadium or to the broadcast audience at home. Then they come out after reviewing it, say nothing, just walk to the middle of the field and make a signal with their hands. (laughs) Like incomplete or... First down, first down, or just just make a signal with their arms. That's it. Yep. And then go about their business <laughs> to start play again.
1: And to set it, the ball down and wind the clock. Yep. Start it up. Yeah.
2: We don't know what was reviewed. Yep. We don't know what that signal really meant because we're not maybe potentially terribly expert at what hand signals mean. And we are left to glean what the hell just happened. That's what baseball is doing with replay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every single time so when you see what happened in city field last week where michael conforto leaned into a pitch we're assuming they're reviewing it to see if he purposely leaned into a pitch but left to hear from the announcers that that's not really reviewable what are they reviewing and then when they point to home plate that means game over is that what that means for us at home we don't know (laughs) know. that means last night (laughs) last night braves marlins right you were talking about this play. I yeah. didn't see it. You yeah. made me aware of it. Right. Where
1: somebody is yeah, the Mar- safe at second. Yeah, the Marlins player is still second, ruled safe. They go to replay, and then they're standing there for a while, and then they just pop up, do the out signal, and then Don Mattingly goes, goes nuts crazy and gets tossed. I was watching a Yankee-Blue Jay game last night.
2: Ninth inning, 3-1 game. It's a tight contest. Aaron Judge at the plate. 3-1 Yanks are up. Nobody on. He's leading off. Top nine. 0-1 pitch. Swings at it. 0-2. Okay. All of a sudden, home plate umpire stops play. Stops play. And goes, ambles up the third baseline. And puts on a headset. Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill and me. And the rest of everybody else. Sitting there in Dunedin, Florida, where they're playing their games for the Blue Jays, and also sitting at home, we're wondering, what is happening? We have no idea what's happening. None. Then, after about two minutes, umps take the headsets off, and the umpire goes, like that, safe. Like, safe? Like, there was nothing, no action at all. What? There was no action at the plate. We're... Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill guessing they were looking at catcher interference did judges bat hit the glove and that was the end of that and then half an inning later Michael Kay says we checked with Major League Baseball they confirmed that's what they were looking at make the umpires explain that they're reviewing something make them explain what they are reviewing Make them explain when they are done reviewing what the ruling is so somebody like Mattingly doesn't just see an out sign and go ape and get tossed. If he hears after further review, we saw that the runner was actually tagged on the thigh, the shin, the foot, or the runner came off of second base, I don't know what it was, but whatever they saw in replay, if they verbalize it, then Don Mattingly doesn't maybe get thrown out. Yeah. And we're also not sitting at home thinking the umpires are unaccountable because all they have to do is that out and go about their business. I'm going to go back to third base and I'll, now I'm the crew chief <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. And we're sitting at home thinking they're incompetent and they are absolutely unaccountable. It's a presentation problem. Here you go, baseball. This is what you do. You, my audio executive, yes. say all home plate umpires are already mic'd for sound. So every Almost every game okay. they mic'd for well, sound. Well, for your nationally, your so highfalutin national, national televised Big Fox game. Yes. yes. I'm saying every single game, whether it's, it's Big Fox, Little Fox, Baby Fox, Infant Box, Zygote Bo- Fox, or whatever it is, okay? Dreamy whatever Fox. it is, okay? Molecular. Whatever, mo- yes, like like Twinkle in the Mother's Eye Fox, whatever it is, okay?
3: Zygote,
2: Zygote Fox. Every game. <laughs> yeah the home plate umpire or crew chief whoever that is person you designate to be the one to talk to the crowd is miked there is a spot that every stadium in major league baseball has designated let's say it's between the home dugout and home plate or in between the on-deck circle of the home side And home plate. Where the replay bad guy sits. There's There's a spot. No, they have the, because the bag comes out. Listen to me, Mike. um, I know, Rich. I'm with you. I'm sorry. There's a spot. Forget about where the bad guy is. Okay? (laughs) If it's easy that the bad guy doesn't have to walk to this spot, fine. He can still walk to the bad guy. But once they're done with the bad guy, go to this spot. (laughs) Right between home plate and the on-deck circle. There, they can look into the stands. There is a fixed camera that hopefully doesn't block the sight sight line of the billionaire that's got that front row seat. Yep. And they turn on the camera and they say, the previous play is under review. Like for, say, for instance, last night, we're reviewing the play at second base. Or, hey, we're reviewing whether there was catcher's interference. And then they go off to the bad guy. And put on the he- the headsets. Talk to Major League Baseball. Make no signs. They don't have to go safe out. Point this sort of semaphore. They have to. They have to. Here's the thing: for people like Country Joe West, they have to walk back to another spot. Okay, they got to move. They actually have to move their bodies. Well, uh, they have to walk back to the same spot. Turn on the microphone. After further review, the play stands is called. Like say. Uh, what happened with the Braves and Phillies? Yeah. Then people could go crazy, but the word stand is called mean we couldn't tell. Then you have the argument, well, they couldn't tell. It sure looks like it could tell to me, but at least we heard why they called the runner still safe. Not just sign safe and we go about our business and we're left to glean what the hell did they look at because I'm sitting at home on my 4K television. I could see he missed the plate. Yeah. So. Last night, runner is ruled – after further review, the play at second base is overturned. The runner's foot was tagged before yeah. his hand reached the bag or whatever the hell it is. After further review, the, uh, the batter's bat, it was – uh, we could not determine whether there was catcher's interference or the play stands as called. It was still just a strike. We're going back. Great. What's wrong with that? Because we at home now feel the umpires are accountable – we're included in it, it's it's transparent, it's easy to understand, and it is also respectful to those who are putting down either hard-earned American dollars to attend, or my time to care enough to watch. Include us in the process, again, imagine an NFL game where we have no idea what they're about to review, and we have no idea What they just decided under review. They don't announce it to the crowd. They just point or they make a sign that we have to interpret ourselves. Because I'll tell you what, Major League Baseball, not every fan knows what this might mean. They think it's safe, but not like, you know, like no catcher interference. And you understand this is out but what the hell is pointing at a, a base mean? Like what is that? Honestly, like that's what cage does. Your baby does. When he tells you he wants to eat he does. or he wants that thing yeah, he that a ball. On, he just points yeah, at it. Ball. Uh, uh, and grunts. He like that's it, yeah. ball, like ball, ball, a part, ball. you you look like yeah, you'll You're an infant. <laughs> it's a major problem of game presentation and if you just do this, it's fixed and you will see the questions that we have about your judgment value in replay will sort of subside. We as fans understand replay is not perfect. We understand that you're going to get something wrong even though we see it in a certain way. But if you don't tell us you're stopping play, what you're looking for and what you saw and why you made the ruling, you're going to see managers just come out Right? Like if I take my iPad away from my kids by just yanking it out of their hands. And
1: then pointing?
2: And point, point, point and point at my watch, like your time's up. Just yank it out of their hands and point. They'll go crazy. But if I say to them beforehand, hey, you've got an hour, and when I come, I'm going to take your iPad. And this is the reason why, because you've already had this time before right. or you can have time later. We just need you to stop right now. Or, hey, you know, mom and dad are making this decision. That's the end of that. But it's coming. And, like, you know, you have. To, but that's what baseball and replay did to Mattingly last night is they yanked his iPad away from him. <laughs> they just said, out, and he's just like these guys again. That happened in City Field? These guys again. Like out Why? He says a magic word and Donnie Baseball's ejected, <laughs> as opposed to making the umpire or crew chief make an announcement after further review. We have reversed the play because we saw this. We saw that. Click. How tough is that? It's not difficult, it's a game yeah. presentation problem. Fans will appreciate it. Big Fox, Small Fox, you know, Embryo Fox. Uh, uterus, Fox, whatever it is, you know, will they'll, they'll have fine with it. They'll be fine with it. And baseball's concerned with growing the game. This is doing the opposite. This is making people change the channel. You're, it's alienating. Last night, honestly, it was just, and, and baseball's concerned about dead time. Guys swing. Five it. minutes of dudes just stay Dude, there. No, but I can under, at least in your game that you're watching with Sarah, Braves, Marlins, at least yeah. the game that you're watching at home. You knew what they were reviewing. You knew something happened. Well, a right, right, right. The Yankees and Blue Jays no was stopped for like, and baseball's concerned about dead time. Two minutes? We didn't know what they were stopping right. it for, what they were reviewing it for, what the hell this meant. <laughs> and then we find out through the broadcast team 15 minutes later, oh, yeah, that's what it was for. We confirmed with baseball. How about the umpires confirming it on the spot so we don't have to make a call to say, what the hell are you doing? I don't think this is unreasonable, and it's so easy. You could start it today. 30 cameras, 30 fixed spots. The bad guy is where he is. Go make an announcement. Walk to the bad guy. I mean, the NFL makes their officials go to the screen, or they bring the screen to them. Maybe the bad guy goes to the spot, too. Let's meet at the spot, bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Bad guy. And then it's done. We're clued in players and managers included. and we feel like we're being heard as fans the umpires are made to seem like they are accountable which i know there are they are anyway come on you're welcome major league baseball <laughs> take a break come back mel kuyper's got some very interesting thoughts on his newest mock draft and here comes mark schlereth and his middle finger For all the Jet fans, that's coming up in hour number three as well. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets
5: This is
2: the Rich Eisen Show. Where did Stefan come from? Did that, uh, was that, Uh,
5: that came from, uh, two things. John Mulaney wrote that with me and John, I, it deserves a lot of credit for Stefan Mm because he wrote so much of the rhythm of that and the, and the specifics of it. And clearly I found it funny because uh, I laughed every time uh, we did it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we ever did it where I didn't laugh. John will put in different things or he'll tell me as I'm walking out and it's just like throwing stuff at me. And when I hosted last, John came out as yeah. Shy, his lawyer, who's also a piss artist. yeah, and um, And he came in and he this is all John and John whispered and he comes out and he I thought he was going to do it kind of like in the Stefan voice like hey Stefan or whatever and he comes in, and he goes hello Stefan <laughs> he talked in a very normal voice and he goes, hello, Stefan. Hello, everyone. And he kind of talked to this real official voice <laughs> And I started laughing. And then he whispered in my ear. He goes, well, I have something to tell you. And he just whispers in my ear, my girlfriend works at Yoshinoa Beef Ball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and,
5: and I just started laughing so just to like... <laughs> It's just punching me in the face. He's like, "Hey, by the way, my girlfriend." Like, no, like, if you watch it, I'm like, what? "I'll tell you." I know you're not supposed
2: to laugh at this stuff and break in the middle of a scene, but
5: that's. Oh, just I broke amazing. every time. You yeah, did? the first time was uh, we had a club promoter named Amnesia Bern- Bernstein, and it didn't really get anything. And then he goes, hey, "Amnesia Bernstein didn't really get anything." And he goes, oh, "I'll change it to something else." And then, as I was walking out, he goes, "Oh, I changed Amnesia Bernstein to Leota.
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and I started laughing. So the minute I roll out, I'm like, Leota. All right, the other, the other one, one was, uh, sorry, the other one that made me laugh was he said <laughs> he'll change a little things. We had a we had, we had written a uh, uh, also at the club was. Um, a two-year-old Ultimate Fighter, Julie Lips Jackson. He's got fists like empanadas, and he's addicted to ecstasy. That's what we wrote. And then he wrote, so it was like two-year-old, uh, two-year-old, two-year-old Ultimate Fighter, Julie Lips Jackson. Uh, he's got fists like emp- he's got fists like empanadas, and they turned the cue card. And he said, and "He's my best friend." <laughs> <laughs> so when he turns the car and says, "And he's my best friend," but oh I lost it. Oh my God. I was like, "John, I am like." And, and behind the cue cards, past him, I could <sighs> see him and Sandberg up against the wall, just like <laughs> watching <laughs> me, laughing like, "Ah." Do this, dude.
2: youtubecom slash Show. over a quarter of a million subscribers. Check us out back here on Peacock as well as the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, radio Network. Alan Dallas, let's take your phone call. What's up, Albert? How you been? I'm doing great. How are you guys? I'm fine. I'm trying to fix baseball, Al. That's all I'm trying
1: uh, to do.
6: You know what? And God bless you for do- for doing it. And you know, obviously, I follow you on Twitter and love your commentary and your comments on it. But uh, it, it's it's it, it's uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, because I, sometimes I feel like I'm a mush. I have not bought the baseball package yet for my New York Mets, even though they haven't been able to play because of the horrible weather in New York. Right, um, like the joke going that Syndergaard will be back in rotation before they <laughs> before they have their next game. Um, did you? I, I've been on and off and, and listening and working and trying to you know keep America uh, the wheels of, of the economy going. Thank Have you, you talked about the Joe West Paul Laduca situation?
2: That uh, Joe sued Paul Laduca for saying on a on a uh, on a podcast that uh, he widened the strike zone for which
6: pitcher was it? For Bobby Wagner. Yeah, for Bobby oh, Wa- Wagner. For Billy, Billy Wagner because
2: B- Billy loaned him a truck or something like that. He used <laughs> to loan him his
6: '57 Chevy when he used to come into town. Right, and so I, he sued him. And, 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 and
2: he, 500 grand. Yeah, he won a half million dollar settlement what? from Laduca. Yeah, yeah Rockman, you haven't seen the story. It's <laughs> insane. I'm looking at it right now. My yeah. Goodness. Well, Laduca well, didn't offer any defense and 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 lost. And the judge is like, okay, I think he wanted like 11 million dollars to for for defamation, and he got got a half mil. I saw that. Half a
6: ago. mil. And you know, with the way Laduca bets the ponies, I guess you know, I guess she can afford to throw that kind of jack around. But uh, you know, it's. Good for Joe. Listen, if it was Angel Hernandez, I'd be all over the place <laughs> <Angel>, Obviously,
2: <laughs> uh, look. I mean, look. I mean, if you're going to sit here and say that you're, you know, you're a Major League Baseball umpire and and and, and he's cheating because he got a truck or whatever, you know, an 57
6: Chevy.
2: I mean, you're 57, 57, 57 Chevy. Whatever. Chevy. I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be outraged as well. And you know, I guess yeah. you know, it's your livelihood, and you're going to sue. But I, I could still say Country Joe West acts like he doesn't care uh, for me as a fan, and and I think oh I, I and, and I think what he's got like 60 more games to go till he's umpired more Major League Baseball games than any other umpire in the history of Major League Baseball. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. Like I said, to me, uh, again, I I, I don't I, I, obviously I've I've been following baseball forever, and I know Joe West goes so far back. He was one of the umpires that was in the end of the Naked Gun. Uh, you know, get, getting getting uh, Frank Drebin caught in a rundown, you know, and so yeah. it 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 is. He's been around a long time, and he is in many ways the face of Major League Baseball umpiring for fans who think that umpires are unaccountable. Yeah, and, it's, and 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 it's and, and to make them make an announcement, Al, I think is 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 not a lot to ask. Now it it, it would take and thanks for call, Al. I appreciate yep. it. I, I, it would definitely require umpires to learn the verbiage of overturned play right. stands is called right. or 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 confirmed you know confirm means what we called on the field we saw something that says thumbs up what we you know overturned is obvious stands is called is verbiage for couldn't tell shrug emoji don't know can't tell for sure can't say for sure and conclusion yeah right yeah. can't can't tell so we got to stick with the call on the field and that's when replay stinks Stan's is called, we're, we're, we're supposed to see something that makes it either confirmed or overturned. And when you say it's choice C, which is a soup that eats like a meal, you know, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's um, too bad. We can't tell. But at least you're saying what it is. Not just going safe because it's, we don't, when you say just safe, just with a sign safe, did you see something that means that you saw enough to confirm it, or you couldn't tell that the safe call still stands? Make them say it. And some of them, it takes time. Ask any NFL ref. Ask them. It is not easy to learn the verbiage and the cadence and how to address the camera. It's an art. It really is. It's not simple. It's not easy. And you consider, go, how tough is it? Well, when there's, you know. 80, 90, 100,000 fans were waiting, I was hanging on your every breath in a national televised audience, and you better get it right. There's three fouls on the play. <laughs> on, on, you know what I'm saying? Play that. Go ahead. You have that full thing. Like, this is.
4: There's three fouls on the play. Holding, defense. Number 24, penalties decline. Holding, defense. Number 25, penalties decline. Illegal use of hands. Hands to the face, defense. My goodness. Number 95. That penalty's accepted. Five-yard penalty. Automatic first down. Now, they're
2: explaining it. It's not a replay call. It's just a call of a penalty. What if what if the NFL just said, we're not going to do that anymore? We're not going to do it. We're just going to go here, hold. That's it. Decline. We're just going to make signs. We're just going to, you know, like we're signaling a, a boat in an old uh, um, <laughs> cologne commercial. You know what I mean? That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. No, actually, that's all it's about. I yeah. think it's canoe, I <laughs> canoe. think, was the, uh, the old one. My dad used to work it. And made it look easy. Well, Hockley made, made people think, all right, dude, can we, can we not? Can, you, <laughs> can, we, can we just give us the straight information? Don't give it to me in a quatrain like right. your Nostradamus here. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need to be poetry. Just tell me what it is. But sometimes it was too much information, which I'm willing to take from baseball. <laughs> umpires yeah,
6: <right>. absolutely. <laughs>
2: I'm willing to take it from baseball umpires right now. So, I mean, Something. let's set up Schlereth, and then we'll get to uh, we'll get to the mock draft uh, in hour three of Mel Kuyper, because there's a lot of food for thought right there, including Dallas involved in a, da- a draft day trade. Mm. Um, so, but it's not the one that I'm hoping for. So, Mark Schlereth has kind of come on this show. He went on uh, McAfee's show on Friday. And, um, and he basically said, why would you trust the Jets with any prospect, right? And I, you know, what's going on with Darnold and what have you. And I, I totally understand that. I totally understand that. I get it. But what about the fact that we've got a new regime in town? What about Robert Sala? getting his first shot here? What about Joe Douglas basically getting his first shot here? He came in, We had another coach, he had another quarterback, he had another situation. What about all that? Owners the same, could be a problem, don't know. They're assuming that maybe that's what it is. But why not? What about Robert Sala? Maybe he can actually go ahead and do it. Jets fans were pointing that out to Schlereth, Stink, as he is known. Stink. And, um... He didn't take too kindly to the Jets fans <laughs> telling him he sucked. Because, you know, Jets fans we, you know, can be a little bit uh, over the top. Aggressive. As you know, um, speaking of sign language and things of that nature, <laughs> somebody who is a fireman puts on his fireman helmet and stands on the shoulders of another man yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, makes, uh, makes signals. Spells out the name of the Jets. Don't see that every day. Let's just put it that way. You Don't walk down the street and see another, one man on another the man's shoulders <laughs> wearing a fireman's hat.
1: And a Mark Sanchez throwback,
2: right? And then, and then quitting the team because of uh, Sanchez not panning out and Tebow not panning out, and him being criticized for all. I don't even remember what that was, but he's back anyway. Long story <laughs> short, we're not, we're, not, we're not a well-rounded bunch. Not a well-rounded bunch. But he responded with a helmet, Denver Broncos helmet. You got this? Okay. Oh, it's too long to play right now. Okay, but he. Um, For our radio audience, I'll quickly summarize it for you, and our Peacock audience will play it for you. But uh, he summarized it. uh, I'll summarize it. He's wearing a Denver Broncos helmet and three Super Bowl rings, one from his Washington tenure and two from his Denver tenure. And the the one in which he won for Denver um, that he went through the Jets to go get, he
1: wears on his middle finger. (laughs) Coincidentally, I mean, it's, it's an order. I know that. You know what I mean? So,
2: so there's nothing. There's nothing to it, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't. Think in the it's same way that I
2: said it was great to see Alex Cora back in the Red Sox dugout and, bring, <laughs> right, and, yeah, and all first. that he brings with him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. Totally. That's all I was yes, saying. Totally and, you thought, and you thought statement. I meant something else?
1: I mean, you thought I meant something else. I took else. it a certain way. I can relate to Jets fans in this instance, but it's just like you know,
2: and this is why Jets fans are upset. It's because. One, we're all in on the quarterback. We're all in on the new head coach because what other, what other choice no do we choice. have? We have no, have no choice, choice. right? No choice. We're all in on it. And to sit here and just say it's an institutional problem, I totally understand that. But it ignores the fact that there is a new coach who I think might be able to get it right. right. Joe Torre was supposed to be a retread, right? Look what happened. Yep. I mean, you know, Belichick was technically a retread. Look what happened. Pete Carroll. Right. We could go on and on and yeah, on. on. So, so there's that. But then to essentially say, you know, um, it's not going to work out after we're all in on it, and then put the ring on the middle finger, people get a little upset. I'm going to hash it out with Mark Slarth. I think you should. Well, I have no choice. He's going to call in. He's kind enough to do that. (laughs) So, and then we'll talk in hour number three about what Mel Kuyper thinks is going to happen in the top 10 of the draft, which is food for thought, to say the least. And Chris Brockman's news update and more coming up, hour three. Okay, so uh, Don Bowie, you want to tee that one up. You saw this earlier because I called your attention to it. Here's Schlereth's video to the Jets fans.
0: It's come to my attention (laughs) that when I went on Pat McAfee's show on Friday, I offended some of you Jet fans because your organization has completely changed and this time um, you're convinced that they're going to get it right. And so I unfairly accused you guys of not really knowing what you're doing when it comes to the draft. And I've got to be honest with you, Robert Sala is one of my favorite people in the national football league. I think the guy's an incredible coach, and uh, I think he's a great leader of men. So I'm excited for Robert Sala's tenure at the Jets. So I thought what I would do today to make it up to you Jet fans is, you know, give you a little show and tell. Now, this is actually the helmet I wore in uh, the AFC championship game. And in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 33. So I thought I would share with you guys um, some Super Bowl rings and kind of the story of the championship games behind getting to these Super Bowls. So um, see if you can pick out the one where the Broncos beat the Jets. Okay, no, it's it's not that one. That's uh, Super Bowl 26, the Skins over the Buffalo Bills, and that NFC Championship. We beat the Detroit Lions. I mean, put a beat down on them. It was like um, uh, 45 to 10 or something of that nature. I mean, I'm telling you, the sisters were kinder in Shawshank Redemption to Andy Dufresne than we were to the Lions that day. So that's not it. Now, this one is uh, is Super Bowl <laughs> 32. That's really my favorite ring because uh, the Broncos on that day were 11 underdogs or 11 a half-point underdogs to the Green Bay Packers. So um, in the AFC Championship, we beat Pittsburgh. We had to convert a third down and seventh at the very end of the game to seal the victory, which we did. So it wasn't that one. You're right, <laughs> Girl, Jets fans. That's the one right there in the middle. That's uh, Super Bowl 33, it's and it's that's it. when the Jets were up on us, 10 to nothing in the third quarter, and then we came <laughs> back and opened a can of whoop ass to the tune of 23 to nothing in the third and fourth quarter to beat your asses. So. There you go. That's the ring that we got after we beat you in the AFC Championship. All right, enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Virtuoso
2: video. That's closing on a million views on his Twitter handle.
1: Very very funny.
2: All right, Mark Schlarth next on the Rich Eisen Show.